Can you believe in a finite object possessing infinite power? Or that a mineral can be proclaimed the medicine of the 21st century? Or that the power of nature can win over the ignorance of man? If you can, you will know why our mission is to get Shungite to the masses. You are entering the Shungite zone. This is the Shungite radio show produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. And welcome to Shungite Reality on September 26, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me in the background, you can hear him, is Derek Condit, still trying to get to, to the, the den. Um, I apologize for what's happening today. You almost got a replay of Jennifer Daniels, because I knew Mark wasn't going to be here, and... Um, Walt sends me a message at 15 minutes to the hour saying that he's he's broken down on the road and he's walking down the road with a, a, a battery or something. I don't know. And I, I don't think I'll make it, he says. <laughs> I don't think you're going to make it either. And then I couldn't get a hold of Derek because Derek was in route but had not gotten there yet. So now we're here, me and Derek. <laughs> with probably not too much to say, but I bet we can figure out something to say. So, I'm hoping you can hear me okay. Am I coming through? You're coming through, but, you you know, it's it's not the best signal in the world, but we'll deal with it. Yeah, and it'll change, because like she said, um, I'm in route, so I'm driving the company van to Bigfoot's den. Um, and I'll be there in about 15, 20 minutes or so, so plenty of time for the last half or the second half to be... Uh, on the computer okay and um <laughs> all right so you're in route and you're in route to the den bigfoot's den yes yes i am that's exactly where i'm headed now i'm there every day um well seven days a week right now building it out um i guess we should probably say what bigfoot's den is for those that don't know but it's um, where Mystical Wares is expanding into a nearby city called Cedro Woolley and Cedro Woolley, Washington. Um, and actually, one of the most historic buildings called the Woolley Market. So we're opening up a, <laughs> it's kind of evolving from a cafe more into a, a restaurant, but it's still like a cafe, pub, and arcade floor all combined for the local community. Um, so that's that's what we're doing. There. It's a lot more than just that, but Bigfoot Stand, of course, is a play on on the local um, lore of well, truth of Bigfoot Sasquatch. So we've got all kinds of Bigfoot um, carvings in there, artwork, all sorts of things I've been doing over the past few days. So I'll have to at some point share some of those images. But before I forget, there is a website uh, for Bigfoot Stand. So it's Bigfoot's so that's plural, B-I-G-F-O-O-T-S hyphen den.com. Now, Nancy, here's where it might start to get a little bit loud because I got diverted back onto the freeway. So if need be, I'll mute for this little bit and just let me know. Okay, you can mute. I will, um, I'll just say something here. Um, 
there's been some people that have said, oh, Derek must be doing very well if he can have another business. And I'm here to tell you that, no, that's not the situation. What the situation is, is the same situation that any small retail person or business will encounter. In that you, you, you start out and you have a lot of customers and you got a lot of activity, but there's only so much that a customer is going to buy because if they've got everything in your store, they're not going to continue to buy. Um, that, that, that's part of it, okay, is that every real, I mean, the fact that he got up and running and was running for the entire pandemic and expanding was unbelievable, unbelievable, but he did. But in the last year, things have fallen off because people are, uh, from the standpoint of the internet, every small business on the internet is getting uh, the effects of what's happening in the country and the economy and everything else. So people just aren't feeling comfortable spending. I'm I'm in that position. You know, I'm not buying stuff that I would like to buy because I've got projects to do, but I can't do the projects because I really don't want to put that money out because I don't know where the money's coming from. Um, So I, I understand it. I'm good, but, you know, I just have to be a little more careful. But there's people out there that, even being very careful, they can't. So the economy is is in trouble all over the place, and Derek was in trouble. So I said to him, I said, look at you know, it is what it is. And if you have to, you know, stop the business, liquidate, find another way of making a living, then that's what you've got to do. Um, but (laughs) Derek is Derek and all of you can do this. Okay. It was like when he, when he started realizing about uh, probably six months ago that he was getting in trouble and he's a good businessman. He's one of the best I've ever met. When he realized he was getting in trouble, he thought maybe he should move the business to another location that would be more conducive, A, to uh, a new, uh, let's say, clientele, but B, the place where he was located was having problems with homeless and drug addicts, and he's in Washington State, you know, this this uh, state that wants to be blue, and Seattle is not very far away, and so you're getting the the impact of that happening. So we thought, well, maybe I should move the entire business. So we started looking for uh, a, you know, a feasible way of doing that. And he came across the woolly, uh, what is it called? The woolly build, the woolly, what is it? Woolly market. The woolly market. Thank you. Thank you. So he gets the woolly market. Uh, he finds it. It's a huge place, huge place. It was it was a market, and uh, before that, it started out as a J.C. Penney's building. So he puts in a bid and everything, but they had somebody else they wanted, and so that fell apart. And his concept at that time was to take metaphysical, uh, not metaphysical, uh, mystical wares, and move that 
that business over to you know this new place um that was what he was thinking so it fell apart so now he's six months into it and he's even in a worse situation and this is where the woo-woo comes in all right because when he first started talking about that i was getting like that doesn't feel like something that should happen but i didn't know exactly what why i was getting those things even before he 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 wasn't able to continue with that but this time he looked at it differently and instead of the concept of trying to move mystical wares into this facility he realized that this building had a life of its own and it is i mean i i've seen the pictures i've talk to him you know about all I mean honestly I I don't know how he's doing what he's doing because I've actually done what he's doing but in a building half the size in a building that um, was attached to well my building was attached to the Coconut Grove Playhouse it was part of the Playhouse I don't know what they had originally used that facility for but it was a storage room. I got a job there because the bartender who had been hired uh, for the season and I were friends, and he hired me as a cocktail waitress. So the two of us would go in before the show, pass out drinks, and then sit there while the first half of the show goes on. They have the intermission. We'd pour out some more drinks and then we'd wait until the after of the show and we'd pour out a few more drinks and then we'd go home and I was making a lot of money it was a be- it was the best job I've ever had and uh, I also got to meet certain people like Lee, uh, uh, Nimoy Dr. Mr. Spock I mean and, and other people that were playing there it was a, it's a very famous uh, facility so so I what I, and again you just sort of these things just kind of fall into your to your lap somehow or another we got interested in what was this other what's on the other side of that door and when we went in there it was full of, I mean it was just chock full of just storage crapola and so we said well, what is this and and so I start to talk to the manager and you know, find out that, yeah, this is actually was a restaurant at one time and stuff. Well, I also had uh, another job, and that job was um, working as a head waitress at a, a, a private club, a private club in Miami. And in that private club, they, had, they would bring in bands. The band that they had there at that time, uh, we had become very friends, good friends. And so I said to them, I said, if I can get you your own place, would you want to be the house band? And they were like, well, I don't know. And I said, okay, but you'd be, you know, willing to consider this. And they were like, yeah. So I went back to the manager and I said, you know, I can bring in a house band. I can make this into a viable uh, a restaurant type of thing. Um and all you have to do is pay the utilities, support me with a liquor license, and after that, I'll take care of everything else. So the manager was like, this was like, you know, money dropped into his pocket. 
because he's paying for any, everything anyway. And here I am making these promises. Now, again, guided, he said, yeah, okay, you know, let's do this. So I know what it takes to do what, what Derek did. And I had half the building, and I didn't have to worry about licensing. I didn't have to worry about the big money things. But Derek walks into this place, and he sees it now in a new version of what it needs to become because a lot of these places are already there. I mean, at one point when we were... We, we had cleaned out the... All the storage was someplace else. Uh, the band agreed with me totally. They came, they helped, and uh, it wasn't just, You know, it was like people that could help and clean and do all this stuff. And at one point... I, I went, wait a minute, we need a stage. And they're, yes, we just realized, because they had realized at the same time, we're doing all this stuff, but we don't have a stage. So I, but I was talking to this guy, and I said, yeah, they came up to me and they said, we we need a stage. It's just like that, you know, we need a stage. And I was talking to this guy, I said, okay, g give me a few minutes, we'll, we'll discuss this, right? And so I'm still talking to this guy, and it was a 10 minutes later. And all of a sudden, I see them bringing in huge pieces. I'm talking about, you know, six-inch flat wood that's 12 feet long. I mean, it was like, what the hell? And they're bringing in all this wood. And I said, where did you guys get this? We found it in the parking lot. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so they had enough. All of a sudden, they said, we need a, we need a, a stage that somebody wandered out to have a cigarette or something, I don't know, and they, they find all this wood, they brought it into the to the place, we built the stage, nobody claimed that wood, nobody came and said, hey, we you stole our wood, none of that happened. So we have this, uh, this stage built, uh, we get it to stage built, so a little bit after that, somebody else comes into the building, what are you doing here, what are you doing here, you know, and I'm going like, well, we're doing this and this and this. Now, to give you a time frame of when this was, the only discotheque, I mean, this is for old people, you new people might not even know what a discotheque is, but the only discotheque in Miami at the time was Uncle Charlie's. And Uncle Charlie's had been uh, brought down from New York City. Oh, there's this famous restaurant that had gone disco, and they were part of that, but they decided to come to Miami and start a second one. So that's the only one that was there. And I, I told this guy, I said, there's this new concept of, of bars and, and uh, called disco. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, but and he names the New York place. I said, yeah, well, I said, we've got another one. Uncle, He knows Uncle Charlie's. And I said, okay, so that's what I want to do. And I was in Coconut Grove, one of the most amazing places you can be in in South Florida. It was old South Florida. It was full of mansion. It's just an amazing place and it had this little town type of thing. And the Playhouse was one of the biggest uh, buildings on, uh, on the play in it. But there, I mean it was built out with small uh, shops and everything. So um, anyway, this guy says, I want to help. I want to get involved in this. Well, it turned out this was the producer of Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And he said, I can, I can uh, sound this. And he brought in, at that time, this is 72, I think, 
he brought in over $50,000 worth of uh, music equipment. So not only did we get a stage that the wood had been delivered to the parking lot, but now we have a complete sound system by one of the best in the, in the business. And yes, it was a fabulous success. Absolutely fabulous success. We had um, a radio station, a local radio station that would come down uh, I don't know, once or twice a week and be there in the in the restaurant and you know, listen to the music and, and I mean it was just it was amazing. And the sound system was so loud that you could hear it two blocks away. It was crazy. And we didn't keep it up that way, but when we first turned it I, actually I told him, I said, All right, the sound system was all in. I said, We got it we gotta get out of here. I said, Let, we're we're gonna get out before we really turn it on and they were like, Why? I said, Do you know how much dust is probably up in those ceilings? Because this had a this was like a three story ceiling. And um so we did. We vacated that area when we turned it on and sure enough he turned on that system and Dust came out of the doors. I mean, it was just ridiculous. The cleaning up after we did that was was intense. But they had it up on high, and it were in the street, and it was like, "Oh crap! Get that thing lower." Um, so it was it was a, 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 a an immediate success. And then I went in the military. <laughs> I went to the army, and I actually, when I got out, I came back to the same place and took a job as a as a cocktail waitress. Uh, it was still running. You know, it was very successful. Uh, it was un- My band wasn't there anymore. It was under new management and everything. But um, anyway, so I know what it takes to, for, for Derek to do what he's, what he's done. And the way that he got it was that he didn't go out and start, you know, oh, I got to do something. I mean, and, and, you know, he let it come to him. Now, I don't know, he can tell you what what he might have had in his mind to manifest what happened, but they came to him, the people that own it, and said, hey, you know, are you still interested? And like I say, now he looks at it differently. He doesn't look at, look at it as uh, taking mystical wares and putting it in it. And I know that we've talked about this before, Derek, but I just want you to give people a feel for all that you saw and I'm assuming I mean I'm, I'm talking because of the sound problem but I'm assuming that um, my rendition of how you got it is fairly accurate are you there okay I'm just yeah I just had unmute I'm I'm literally only a couple minutes away from the den right now so the noise will change um, hopefully I'll come through better audio um, but yeah that was it it's just a we I, no I didn't know you could get into all that, but that's good because it took that time and then told them some of the backstory um, as far as how it wasn't a meant to be thing for mystical wares. It's supposed to be its own thing, as we're finding out, because there's I don't know many, how, how many thousands of people we've been contacting, be it online or in person, are just told about. And I'm not exaggerating. There's some of our posts go over that. The initial post of the den, you know, call it either Bigfoot or the den, whichever, but. Um, I don't know, 20,000-something hits just from announcing it. And then the people that have come by, and they're so friendly, too, so the community members, because they're working seven days a week building it, painting it. It's 18,000 square feet, and every inch had to be touched. 
and for something removed or fixed. But while I'm there doing that, um, just creating it, the number of people that come in and tell me uh, how excited they are for what we're doing, because it's a community um, space. There's actually, it's actually three floors if you count the lower, the bottom one, the basement, that's just storage and whole walk-in coolers and stuff. But we're using the main floor, which is, it, it's opened space. So if anybody gets a chance, there are photos on the website I mentioned. Um, but that's where the, just a beer and wine bar will be, but with restaurant tables and cafe and food, Bigfoot-sized pizza, stuff like that, and we're having fun with the menu. But the really fun thing, which makes it family and community, and I'm yes, I'm jumping through those hurdles of getting the liquor license myself for all of this. Um, that's such fun. It's just, it's just time drama there, really. Um, but the fun thing I was going to mention was the game floor. So the entire second floor, we're not talking about small floors here, um, is what we're calling the game floor, where we don't, I'm going to say nickel and dime, I should say quarter, people or parents to death on these arcade games. So I'm, I've literally ordered, I think it's eight or nine at this point, brand new arcade games um, that don't take change. Uh, and they have dozens, and some one of them is 60, six zero games on it alone. Um, they all get on the internet, and so you can play against people across the world. Um, pool tables, ski ball, basketball hoop inside of there. Many ones, of course, but that's in there. Like, you, I don't know whether you'd see them at, maybe a Chuck E. Cheese or something. Um, and additional things from uh, beanbag toss, they call it cornhole around here. So games like that. Um, and other stuff I'm just forgetting right now because, again, I'm driving. Where What you do is you, you buy access, and it's just $10 an hour because I've done the math on this, what, it, what I've been there with small kids to Chuck E. Cheese's and arcades, and you'll go through $20, $30, $40 easily on just quarters or what's well, really dollars for arcade games now. Um, so then you buy access to the whole floor, and everything's included unlimited. So they get to do it all as many times as they want, so that way it's more family-friendly. So that was an idea. Uh, I don't know. It could be done somewhere else. I have no idea. But it's happening here um, so that, you know, it benefits the community as well. And then, yeah, we get customers in there, and the whole thing can just progress. And I'm pulling up now, Nancy, if you want to ask anything or get into anything. So you'll hear some doors slamming here. I'll mute where I can. I'll be there literally in about a minute. Okay. Um I'll stay on. I'm here, so I'll just stay. I'm just driving really slow, but I'm getting close. Because um, I'm there today. I don't know. I don't know what's going to bore people. You you lead the the podcast. We'll go whatever direction you want. Because I was going to say, hey, here's what I'm doing today, and I'm like, well, they don't want to hear that. Well, what are you doing today? <laughs> well, actually, I took. I'll get photos online eventually. But on the lower floor, and to, it's at least fifty foot up. I'm I'm not kidding either to the ceiling because the second floor wraps around like a horseshoe around the bottom floor. Cause as Nancy said, it's a grocery store um, as well. Initially and the JC pennies, there's a lot of things um, initially the JC pennies, but it's the ceilings are high. So you look up, it's literally 50 foot. So what one of the last owners did was string some outdoor lighting. So think like led bulbs, maybe every foot or so. And it's like, blanketed across 10 or so rows of it. And I, I liked the lighting because we're going to have our own Bigfoot Idol, of course, a, a play on American Idol, but Bigfoot Idol karaoke night with the locals and do stuff like that. Um, and it'll have words and things. So I wanted the lights for that type of stuff, but I didn't like the look. So I spent most all of yesterday up on a ladder 
stringing um, fake ivy across these things. So now it's a canopy because, of course, Bigfoot's den. Well, I hope other people are thinking about it this way. Maybe it's just me. But I want to kind of look like Bigfoot's den. So it's all wood. There's cedar um, planks, not planks, but support beams that hold up the whole place. I mean, they're at least that. Well, they're longer than 50 foot because they span three floors. So, but regardless, wood, um, that type of feel. So I wanted to bring in, and I have dozens of plants, live plants I brought in as well. And now I'm going to switch for a minute here because I'm going to come off of the vehicle. Hopefully, can you still hear me, Nancy? Hang on, my it says speaker off. Okay, I should be able to hear you. Are you there? I'm going to go inside. I'm going to mute for a minute. You just talk. I'll be right there. In the morning, I, my, I don't talk to anybody until I get on this thing, <laughs> do our show. Um, so, you, you've got the churches that don't, aren't, like my, in both cases, the congregation that, in the Catholic churches, the congregation that my, my sisters were, it was their family, it was their group. And that group 
Okay, it seems like Derek got locked off. I think he'll get back in. Okay, here we go. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep, but can you hear me? Yep. Okay, good, because it switched microphones. All right, perfect. I'm here. Okay. So the commu the communities that people had regarding the churches um, have been taken away from them. And in I don't know about one sister, but the one that was so involved in the, the church, they would play the music and all of this, she's so discouraged by what she saw happen. Not only just the fact that they lost their family, their congregational family, but some of the match, mat, the some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes with the money. Um, it, it, it's it's very sad. So they've taken all of this communal environments, not all of them, but a good portion of them, and to have something like that where you know that your family's going to be safe because they're they're going to go up on that second floor, your kids. And they're going to be playing all these games. And you're sitting down at the table, not having to worry about them, because there's only one way down. You'd see them if they, if they left that area. Um, and you know that they're having fun. And you're sitting there, and you're drinking beer or wine or cider, and you're able to have these huge, big pizzas and you know whatever else he's got on his menu i don't don't really know what the menu is but he, he i trust me he's going to expand it and they can sit there and just be with their friends in a communal environment because human beings they need that you know they they're talking all in the, about the depression and they said that one out of 3 people that goes into the doctors ends up on some kind of antidepressant and why well, it's because you don't have the connection. This is social connection in many cases. We were locked up. You're afraid of people. You wear masks. So the fact that Derek was led to see what this was and then to be the one guy on the face of the earth that could make this real um, is something that you have to look at not just as a business opportunity, and he was a good businessman. You have to see the woo-woo side of it. And I want you to just think about, you know, uh, what Derek's been able to do because he was willing to do it. And look around where you're at now. There's a lot of opportunities out there. A lot of businesses, go, businesses have gone under, but they're still needed. Take a look. Don't get discouraged because you're in, a, in a, a terrible job and you don't know what to do. Your friends are in a terrible job and don't know what to do. You know, get with your friends. Say, look, let's just manifest something. You don't have to get into the details. I'm sure that Derek, well, I'm pretty sure Derek didn't think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get Wooly Market and I'm going to do this with it. He was putting out, I'm going to let you talk about that. How did you manifest this? You there? Um, yeah, no, I had to unmute because I'm on a different setup. Um, but, uh, basically, seeing it already done, of course, um, and it 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 had to, it was going to happen no matter what because I didn't. It kept occurring to me, is what I can say. Um, 
So it's, and then I'd see it done, completed what it should be, just like anybody else would manifest, um, except it kept staying in the, like, sort of like a whisper in my ears. So, so it was always being my thoughts about, well, a snapshot, in my case, it'd be a snapshot of what this place would look like completed. So then that kept me in the 3D thinking about it, sending energy toward it. Um, and then it just kind of evolved from there. Again, not dissimilar than how anybody would manifest um, anything they really want. So that's why, like the Nancy mentioned earlier, too, anybody can do these type of things. Um, it's just, you know, knowing that it can happen and it's not just others and, and you can do it. And I'm not talking about just a Bigfoot's Den type place. I'm talking about anything you need in your life. Um, that's why I also appreciate that story Nancy was getting into because things just kind of rolled out. All of those synchronicities, the breadcrumbs, that's what I've been doing, too. Um, and then this place is getting built. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that the station is up. It um, said, let me look in this. I'll I jump in there. It says, it says it's on air, but it's not taking... I'll try and play it because I'm on the... Uh... Oh, boy. This is a strange... It's, it's up. And people mm -hmm. are happy. Nobody's saying they can't hear it no. in chat. No, they okay. can hear. All right. Okay. Good. I'm and I just played the hit play on the player, and I, no, I think we're good. So I wouldn't worry about. It. Yeah, the station has had glitches in it lately. Everything has all electronics everywhere, and yeah, they say they hear us now. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that's the Schumann resonance has been going off the charts. All kinds of I don't have time to watch any of this stuff. Um, so it's it's a miracle I'm even seeing it or hearing it, and that's because others are coming around me saying, did you see this or that and the other? And I'm like, nope. Sure felt it, though. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of wacky stuff happening out there. So electronics, I'm either realizing myself or being told. Um, the other part about this building, Nancy, did we want to get into it about how it was the first and only building Jalissa was asked to clear several years ago, energetically cleanse? I think we've mentioned that, but do it again and talk about the energies that you found because it's a hundred-year-old building that has been a building that's been used by many, 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 many thousands, millions, maybe of people walking through it. It's got to be a very unique place. Can you kind of like give us that feel? Oh yeah, it is. And I shared a link in chat for those who get to see it um, in chat, and then click on the website. There's other photos, but. Yeah, it's over 100 years old, um, and it's had a lot of different things going on in it. Um, and then different, and the, because this is a small, smaller community, um, they're, all the locals know about it. They've all, why well, remember when it was this, that, and the other, when it was, you know, depending on how old you are, whether you remember JCPenney's or the couple of different clubs or restaurants it had been, the Woolly Market, which is a, well, a grocery store, basically. I think it had a couple versions of that. Um, so then we get those people that have seen that and the other. And so then we get, well, it happened the other day. Somebody walked in and um, I was, it was a, oh, what would you call them? I don't know, a distributor, I guess. So somebody wanted to provide us with the uh, different various products here. So long story short, I was chatting with them in the building and they mentioned, did you know that so-and-so says it's haunted and that this has happened and that's happened. And I'm like, you know, I don't, because of where I'm at, I'm not getting too much into the woo-woo around here. Um, at least at this point, somebody asked me something because I'm never shy. But 
But I just, you know, just listened in and heard what was going on and, and what was being told. And it's happened a few times since then from different people. Um, so, but this, and so, so topic in Willie Market now, Bigfoot's Den. And I wish she was here. She, she'll be here in a little while. I'm not sure if she'll make it on the podcast. We're still moving our offices. So that's why even my microphone might sound a little bit different because I'm on the microphone of the camera. But anyway, regardless if Jalissa can join us, I'll get to the the gist of it, and I'm going to mess half of it up, I'm sure, time-wise, but it was several years ago, and I know that's accurate. Um, in fact, I believe it was before we even met, Jalissa and I, she was asked by one of the then-time current business owners um, to come in and energetically cleanse the place because they knew J- Jalissa was open to that and understood it and um, things like that. So she – and she never – she didn't advertise it that – she does this or anything else. She, I'll just use my term. She was the most woo-woo person this business owner knew. So she thought, well, let's contact Jalissa. You know, Jalissa's great energy. She knows she's a nice person. And it was a, clearly I just let out, but it was a female. So, and then that happened. So they showed up at the building and Jalissa did a, a cleansing or smudging. You know, you can call it different things, but energy clearing here. And I don't know any specifics of what maybe happened or didn't happen during that time. Nothing standing out. So, Probably not a whole lot of consequence. I mean, talking about the exact time she was cleansing it, um, and that's typical. But what, and what I'm saying is that's unusual because we had no idea. I had no, I didn't know this building existed, by the way, at that time. So I had no idea that that would turn into Bigfoot's den. Um, and as I am, you know, I, I don't usually announce everything I'm doing to anybody. So when I was scouting out places or buildings, they knew I was looking, but nobody knew where I was looking. Well, for one thing, because it was all over the place. Um, I was following intuition and just energies to see where the best place would be for, for the next thing we're doing. And that, again, that ties back into Nancy's story in the first beginning of this uh, hour um, of how we, how it wasn't the right idea or energy. It wasn't the right recipe for that place, but now it is. And then it all came back around. Um, and then, Oh, well, what just happened? And I just went to the basement. So here's this Nancy. I don't know how much I've told you, but I'm, up on the third floor right now. So I can literally look out my office window down on the stage and there's a stage here um, or the, the cafe floor we'll say, but I'm, well, I guess I am on the third floor because of the basement level is what I'm saying. And that's another, I don't know, 9,000 square feet at least down there. So a whole nother layer underground. Um, and we go down there, but so I'm up third level where the game floor is. And I'm saying all this because Olivia was working down there the other day, um, down on the main floor level. And some of the lower, you can look down a stairwell on a couple sides of the building. I haven't shown photos of this, but where I left some lights on because there's whole walk-in fridges down there. I think there's a 20 foot by 20 foot one that I was considering using for, because I have a baking uh, person we're bringing in as well. So room for that kind of stuff, uh, potentially. But she's long story short, it was close. Nobody was here. Of course, she's here tonight, Olivia, doing stuff that I had asked her to do help out. And all of a sudden, the lights go out down that sort of thing. Um, so that freaked her out a little bit. <laughs> so and that was, I don't know, a couple of few days ago. So I was down there all day yesterday. Um, in fact, l- looking at a bag of Shanghai nuggets right here, literally going through every square inch of that building myself, just walking through it. And then, yeah, uh, well, Shanghai gridding, and I can easily say that because, I mean, this is a big place. So I'm dropping these nuggets just by the hundreds. Oh, well, ah, probably a hundred in every nook and cranny on top of a cooler. And we're also integrating, of course, Shungite 
um, magnets and stickers. It'll vary on the thing I'm talking about. But for this conversation, it was nuggets because I wanted to get in just everywhere, um, cleaning the place out. And then I also burned some, not that that's why we're getting in this conversation, but I also burned some Palo Santo. It's one of my favorites um, that some people use for smudging as well. I like the scent of it. So we, I did all that yesterday. It's, it's energetically great, but also, I mean, good luck on finding a location or uh, let alone a place over 100 years old where some energies, and I, that can expand out in 100 different ways, aren't still around and or they're there. That I mean, pick your house, whether somebody's admitted or not. Often, you don't have to have passed in a place either for that kind of stuff. That's not, I've heard that too, that somebody had to die there. I'm like, no, they didn't. They could have just liked the area in the building from 100 years ago and come around after they transitioned. So there's, again, a thousand ways to look at that scenario, um, but there's nothing negative here. But, you know, I mean, just was brought in because people picked up on the woo-woo stuff and in and, and this podcast, you know, and some other terminology, um, but couldn't, didn't understand it or wasn't sure what to do with it. So, um, but I think that was really interesting how that was all done. And all of a sudden I, I, and I don't know my timing, but months ago when I was first chatting about this place, I told, I finally came around and let Jalissa know. Um, it didn't take long because she's the first one you should tell. And then she goes, well, I did this. And then she goes in the story. And I think she had even told me at that point a year or two before. And I just didn't remember um, that she had told me she came here and cleansed. So she went through the whole story again. And I was like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> that's not random. Um, so, no, it's just been an interesting ride the entire time. I don't know if you want to go anywhere on any of those diversions I shot into there, Nancy, um, on that description of the place. But it's an energetically active place in good ways, great ways, and the community knows it. That's why they're all excited about getting stuff going here, especially um, where they can bring their family and let the kids go up on the second floor. Again, I'll get photos up, but as I look down the hall, you know, I'm seeing all kinds of goodies I've been setting up down there as far as the arcade floor. Well, the the concept of uh, ghost haunting is one that probably most people, that's how they get introduced to woo-woo. You know, it's like there are certain places that you just can't deny that weirdness is happening. And there, there's a show out there, a TV show, Paranormal ca- Camera Photos, or Video or something like that. And people send in their, uh, of course, in the day of the, everybody's got a camera in their hand, um, send in all these pictures of very peculiar activities that have no explanation except some kind of a spiritual interface. And now with these uh, these different pieces of equipment that they use, like that voice uh, analyzer where you, you ask questions and most of the time I don't hear what they hear but they hear it but sometimes it's so clear that you go whoa you know and it's a direct answer to whatever question you know like what's your name Robert you know that type of thing um but but when when you're talking about so I I've watched I mean I've been decades looking at this stuff and I've heard so many weird stories that I actually wrote a book called The Valley once. It's a short story um, about a, a haunting that was absolutely a haunting. Um, but when you when you're in some place like that, 
where it's it is it like a thoroughfare of ghosts just you know spirits who haven't passed over what are what are ghosts i mean i know that some people have a ghost attached to them like there's a great story about you know this uh grandmother that every time this guy would move the grandmother would move with him and so the the grandmother was haunting him not the location but like you got a civil war uh environment like i went to uh okay it would be you guys would know it as bull run uh it's in manassas virginia and they have a park that was the battlefield of bull run the first one there was two battles in that area and i went on over there and it's it's beautiful i mean it's farmland basically and there's a museum and there's throughout the the grounds there which are a few acres um you have you know different cannons and where the batteries were and you know what happened and stuff but when you go to that place it is this is my first experience on a civil war battlefield i felt it on others too and some of them i haven't uh because so many people have gone like gettysburg you know what you're feeling in gettysburg is thousands of other people that have been there before you that weren't at the civil war um but in this particular place especially if you were just walking in the fields by yourself honest to god it was such a sensual i mean I was hearing things. I was hearing the 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 war explosions, but I was hearing, you know, the screams. I was smelling things like blood. It was just like holy crap. I don't think I like this place at all, you know. Um so when you have a place like like Gettysburg and you've got all of these poor souls that have fought in this terrible thing, sometimes that area is littered with with hauntings let's put it that way but there's got to be a different there's got to be versions of spirits and hauntings versus just the concept of well it's somebody's spirit that didn't get to pass over can you expand on that a little bit oh yeah i don't even i don't even i don't even like the term ghost because it's not even that way anyway um on that where the battlefield is let's go with that example i mean some people pick up on um a replay of what was happening so it's not like all those okay everybody's an entity a light entity first a spirit or soul call it what you want you're an entity um so sometimes those entities like to revisit the places if they were really vested in it it was like you know just a, a whole a big tie to it so Sometimes they'll be around there, but often when people go to those um, uh, battle zones or whatever or places, they're picking up on a previous channel that was happening. Like so, so let's say the battle was there. Well, they're going to tune in to like a copy of that battle. That doesn't mean all the entities are still there, all playing that part or anything like that. And then sometimes because it's a high energy place, because yeah, a lot of people pass there, a lot of trauma, a lot of energy. Um, some entities go there. To, to view that it's actually it goes on and on from there but there's not a, a ghost i mean so usually people are picking up on what they call a ghost a, a a glitch in the matrix i'll just call it a past thing that had happened they just tuned into on another channel because time is not a thing so there's no such thing as time so if you if you heighten your 
energy perception levels, your chakras, and sometimes it just happens, by the way. You pick up on that stuff, but we all think, well, they're there now. They're in you because you feel it now. It's like hearing a song from that time frame, but it's still not now. Um, but and that's not to say that there aren't entities, that, and I've seen that as well, where they'll turn around. So the other one, let's, let's say you go to a haunted house and you see some ghostly figure shooting down the hallway and then turning back and looking at you and acknowledging you. And I've had that actually a bit weirder ones than now. I kind of keep this one easy. Um, Cause we did do a podcast. One of them, Nancy, where Joyce and I were in um, that haunted museum in Vegas where we had some similar things happening, way more extreme even, but to stay with this one, if that entity shooting down, well, sometimes that entities around there or ghosts, as you're saying, um, because they like the area, they like the space, they just did, or they're confused. They don't know where to go. Um, you're never limited other than even if you're in entity form, meaning disincarnate, you're out of your body, you're dead. It depends on your level of understanding is on what happens. So if you believe this out of the other, well, then you're going to start imagining this out of the other. And it's called manifesting, especially when you're disincarnate, it's going to happen stupid fast. Well, that's what you're going to experience. But if you're like, well, I don't know where to go. I'm scared. I want to see. Well, then sometimes they hang around. So, again, it's big picture stuff because each circumstance is different. It's like saying, well, what's bread? Well, I mean, come on. How many types of bread are there? And I'm not saying to you. I'm just saying in general. Um, so in the ghost thing, it, it really depends. I've, I've had some turn around and look at me, acknowledge me. So they weren't past songs being played or, or memories going on. Um, and I've seen some where some turn around and they're awake in the moment. So meaning, let's go with the battle. It wasn't a battle scene, but let's go with that example. I went there, was asked to perceive the environment. I saw the battle scene happening. Some of those entities thought they were still doing it. Some of them saw me. It was just, a, it's never a one thing covers it all. It just varies because there's so many players in it, especially on big moments like that. So what I was getting at was, some of my Hitler's hideouts I was taken to when I was in the army. I was taken to several of his places um, in Germany. That's where I was stationed most of the time. And then perceived stuff. And I wasn't trying to get in that whole story. But that's what I was saying was sometimes there are entities there that would see me tuning into them um, to where I could imagine they'd look kind of like ghostly to where I would look ghostly to them as they did me. Because it was kind of a blend of frequencies. Um, and that still happens now. So if I'm doing a session with somebody, if I tune into somebody, they can be alive or, or passed on. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's a, it's always a play of both of us. How much do we want to, how much energy do we want to put toward it and focus? And then some come in clear and some, some less clear. So I don't know if that helps at all, but it's really all over the place as far as, um, ghosts and, and entities and all that. Well, I hadn't really thought in terms of, they're not they're not necessarily locked in space you've gone to the space that they were at when they were alive yeah oh yeah exactly yeah and they'll do it and you can get a crossover you can see i've done it here where you can perceive this place with an overlay so it's like being between two radio stations you're hearing country music and you're hearing disco at the same time probably no disco stations anymore so i better get a better analogy but a different radio station or genre uh kind of blending over so it's it's same thing can happen here. It depends how heightened you are. You get a get excited and activate your heart chakra and just get you know, and then you're going to pick up on more. You may walk into a space and get a blast of energy. Like who knows? Sometimes you may well for randomly want to cry for no reason. I'm not saying that's always the case, but that's a strong example one that most people have felt. 
where they feel that welling up of energy around the heart chakra. Like, what the heck is that from? I'm not all emotional right now. Well, those are frequencies you're feeling, they're energies. But yeah, no, some entities are aware of what's going on, some aren't. Um, it's, it's just a push and pull. Well, there, there's another there's another thing that that seems to happen in that uh, back when I was in the army, I was sent to Fort Huachuca, Arizona, and myself and uh, two other yeah two other ladies uh, went to Tombstone, Arizona, which was about twenty miles away from the, the fort, and it's still maintained as it was in the eighteen. 70s I believe but it's it's like going back in time and what what happened I've told this story many times but for those of you that haven't heard it what happened was that we were driving and and the you're driving through a desert and you probably have all had this happen where you're you get this like the the uh, 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 the road gets this glare to it you know it's like Woo, 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 you know, it's it's out of focus. And we'd been driving for a little bit, and, and all of a sudden, I'm like looking at this weird green, you're in the middle of the desert, this weird green line of foliage coming up, you know, we're driving towards it, sort of. And I said, what the heck is that? And, and I didn't, it, it was weird, because when the, when the, no, when the words came, no, I said what I said was, "What is the river doing there?" That's what I said, and it startled me because I didn't know I was looking at a ri- river. And the girl in the back was uh, Ada Davis, and she was uh, Arkansas Native American, uh, full-blooded, and we were officers in the army. We were, this is one of the schools we were going to. And she said, well, back in, she gave the, the year that this happened. I don't know why she knew it. But she said there was an earthquake, and the river actually moved a mile from where it was. And she knew the name of the river. And I, I was like, I turned around to her, and I looked at her, I said, but why the hell did I know that was a river? And she said, oh. You probably lived here before. You reincarnated here before because reincarnation was very much a part of their culture. So for the rest of the day, as we walked around in Tombstone and stuff, um, weird things were happening to me. Like at one point at the OK Corral, there was a uh, a building that... The, the, the OK Corral shootout happened in almost an alleyway. Well, it was an alleyway, but it was, a, you know, blocked in by these two buildings. And one of these buildings I walked up to. I just walked up to it and reached out to go through the door, like I'd done it a thousand times. And the door was locked. And I kicked the door, angry, really angry. And I, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I think it broke my foot. What happened? Why did I do that? But Ada was there. And she said, well, you might have gone through that door many times and you didn't know why it was locked and maybe you've got an anger problem it's just very funny so and then another time we had this other girl with us and I mean she was like not the woo woo type let me put it that way and um, so we're we're walking down the, the, the 
you, you got the stores and you got this uh, wooden, you know, walkway thing. And we're walking down it. And all of a sudden, I it was like a flash of memory. You know, like that. And I said out loud, I said, oh my God, I said, I killed somebody. And she Ada said, um, how did she put it? She, she, oh, I know what it was. She, she, where she was standing, she could see behind me a plaque on the, like a light post or something that said that Luke Short had killed Charlie Smith in a gunfight right there. And I was, I was real, I mean, it was weird. I mean, the whole thing had gone through my head. I had killed, I just killed somebody. From my vantage point, I just killed somebody. And uh, she said, yeah, and she reads it, you know. Well, non-woo-woo person says, oh, you saw the sign. And I said, I didn't see that sign, you know. But Ada said, now you've got his name. His name is Luke Short. Let's see what else is uncovered because of the Luke Short connection. And I'm telling you, every place I was walking into, like years later I went back and the same thing was happening and I walked into the well we were in the museum that was actually originally the courthouse and I was with some other people and one of the guys got he was a Edgar Casey uh devotee and he found and I told him about the Luke Short thing and he found this uh table that Luke Short had actually dealt Pharaoh it's like a, pl- a poker game but it said Luke Short dealt Pharaoh here. And he said to me, sit down. I said, I ain't going to sit down there. He said, just sit down. He said, it's going to be amazing. And it was in a, like a small cloakroom originally that was now this, this little part of the museum. And so he just left the room. So I sat down and, oh, it's like a time trip, Derek. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden I was back in the uh, saloon that this table was at. And I could smell the dust because the floors were all dirt. They were, didn't have any. I mean, these this this place had dirt floors. It was it was like it smelled the dirt and the the body odor. It was just pretty pretty terrible from that sense. And uh, but anyway, so when you go to a place and you get that deja vu feeling, in fact, you you may be able to if you're opened up to it to go back into time so to speak, in quotes. So, um, any comments? Yeah, different channel. Yeah, just different. Well, I mean, of course, it's always a play of words, but there is no time. Um, so we just all need to remember. I know it's hard to really work that in because it's so ingrained in us, but time's not a thing. We're not limited to it. When I remote perceive or remote view, it's there's, I'm not limited by time, and neither is any other remote uh, viewer. So, no, and the more we realize that, you don't have to explain it on some big brain physics level to have it be part of your reality. No, you just have to accept and go, okay, well then, and then it becomes less of your reality. And then you get to manipulate that fake thing called time um, and then use it to your advantage. You can stretch out time. You can short. I did it literally yesterday. I didn't know we were going to talk about time on this call because I work about 14-hour days right now, seven days a week, and I'm thinking – and sometimes more, believe it or not. Um, and I'm, I was thinking, well, I need to make it my perception feel like I have more hours in the day. So I need more time um, is what I was literally doing. And so I was 
where I found, and then literally, then, and I don't think about it after that. I just do it. it I realize that the realization go, oh, you can do that woo stuff. Do it, boom, move on 100 miles an hour the next thing. I don't give it any more thought than that. And then all of a sudden, the next day, I realize, oh, how do I have time to do this? Not thinking that just the day before, because again, I'm working just so much doing it, that I had done that. In fact, I didn't think about it again until you just mentioned time, um, Nancy. Otherwise, I wouldn't have focused on it again. But I found time yesterday to do different things, which is the image I just shared in chat, by the way, because I wanted to show, because I had mentioned it. I, while you were chatting about time and ghost here just a minute ago, I kind of leaned out my office window and took a photo of the uh, the downstairs, that, that canopy, that ivy, and the, the wood beams and all that, so people had an actual visual. Um, but yeah, no, so the time thing, just remove it from your your recipes, as I like to term it, and it won't be a limiting factor anymore. Yeah, I, I knew you were doing that because I'm going, he cannot possibly be doing what he's doing in the time that most of us have. <laughs> no, uh, I, have to, I have no choice. There's too much stuff I need to get done and this, that, and the other. So, oh, yeah, we just have to. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's take a break. It's top of the hour. So, uh, Craig Stewart, Shanghai, We the People. Well, if I didn't do that, let me see. Thank you. 
And welcome back to Shungite Reality. It's September 26, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me is Derek Condon. I'm assuming you're there. Yes, Derek? I am. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, in the second hour here, um, one of the things I did want to talk about was something that we talked about, and it regards the... Um, the changes in some of the old folks, <laughs> the people that have been in the business of doing woo-woo and alternative realities uh, for a long time, that some of their messaging seems to be off. And you said that, you know, you were picking up on it too, and I'd really like to get your take on, on what that's all about. I mean, that's kind of vague, though, so, I mean, I don't... I'm not going to die, and you didn't ask anything yet, but I'm not going to pinpoint any name, of course. Um, I don't. I just don't do that, but there's a lot happening. Uh, and then I'm trying to think about what we talked about exactly um, out there going on. I'll just say the story is changing. It does every so many, every. I don't have a set number on that either, but every, I don't know, couple decades or so, um, some people get less involved, some get more involved, and then I just watch the story change. And long story short, it just repeats. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot of directions going that one. So you may have to guide me a little bit more before I go in the wrong direction. Okay, well, basically what I've detected is that, and this 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 happened when I first started. We used to have guests on various shows, but... What was happening was they, they only had their own their story. It was a, an interesting thing that I was encountering because, and I I was talking to some of the big names in the business. Remember at the time that I'm alluding to, uh, it was while I was on the two most popular uh well there wasn't that many out there but it was the two most popular uh radio state radio we called it internet radio stations at the time now you'd call it podcast stations um and so i had access to big names i talked to a lot of them but when i would have them on as a guest for two hours the problem was they had their own story but they didn't know how to converse they didn't know how to discuss, to think outside the box, to think outside their story. What about this? What about that? And they would keep reverting back to their story. Um, so it, it became apparent to me that, and I, I, honestly, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, I embarrassed some of them. Not just me, but my other hosts, too, because we discuss things. We're not coming at it like we know everything and, you know, we're going like, well, we don't know everything, but we know quite a bit. And where is this quite a bit information taking us? Uh, and, and we discuss, you know, we, we have conversations. But so many of them did not have the ability to really do that. So I finally gave up on guests because too many of them, you know, like really kind of like, shook them up a little bit because I I was essentially making them question their own stories. 
Well, now what you've got is you've got people out there who are old-timers who are still stuck in their stories. But in some cases, there's things that have happened that you go, this doesn't feel right. I'm not going to name them either. But I can tell you that I'll be listening to somebody that I've listened to for a long time, and all of a sudden they don't seem to be on message. And it's like a messaging has gone astray. And I don't know if they're being targeted or not. Because, um, well, the reason that not, I'm remembering the reason that we even got into this conversation, uh, Derek, was because I went to you and I said, Derek, I need you to take a scan of me because I was having intestinal problems. And I, I've i been so blessed with a body that's like one, one, one of the few people that read me said that I had a Rolls Royce of body. And it's true. I, I don't. All through my life, I haven't encountered, you know, sicknesses like other people do. I come from a family of ten. Everybody would get the flu but me, that type of thing. Um, so my body is, I'm not used to it going wonkers on me. And I said to him, you know, just take a just take a scan of me. And I, that's all I told him. I got an intestinal problem, take a scan. And so then he starts to look, and then he comes in, and he starts talking about, and he's giving me the the location in my body of this, uh, let's just call it a, 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 I'll call it a lump type of thing. And um, I knew exactly what he's talking about because it's been there for 10 years. And it's never given me much, pro I mean, any problems until, well, recently I started to, you know, say, is this, is this thing getting bigger type of thing? And Derek Reed's read you and he's talking and he's talking to himself and if I said to him right now which I'm going to do Derek do you remember what you saw and what you, you thought it was no not exactly right now yeah because this is what happens to him it, you know if you think that going to Derek and, and having him look at you in ways that you know very few people will ever look at you and you might be embarrassed. He doesn't remember what he sees anyway, so don't worry about it. It's <laughs> my point here. But what he saw was an opening. Yes, there's a lump there, um, but it's an energetic opening to outside of my aura type of thing. So at that point, you 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 said to me that people like me um, and you and and others out there are actually encountering negative energies attacking us. They know who they're going for. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that part I do. Okay. Can you expand on that? Because there's a lot of people out there that may be having, you know, odd problems like, like I had um, that, you know, Derek is, is pretty near cleared completely. Um, but those kind of situations, I want you to t try to explain it so that other people that might be having, you know, kind of like, weird things starting to happen to their bodies that that they don't know about that to warn them and what you should be what we should be aware of doing yeah and that's a big can of worms too but yeah i'll get into as much as i can because it can affect you in your physical body I mean, it's not like i'm immune to these things it, it affects me as well i just you know tend to pick up on it um 
quicker and then I, I do stuff. But it does happen to us all. So there are, yeah, you can call it entities, energies, um, but stuff that's that focuses on you and it can be good, bad, or indifferent, but too much energy in, in an area kind of affects, I'll just say, let's, I got to give you an example so I can actually make this digestible. Um, let, if it's an energy thing, um, hmm, shoot, God, this is so tough just to go off the top of my head without like actually reading somebody doing it. If, if there's somebody focused on you, an entity, let's say, um, cause there are just, and that's a really big comment there too, saying entity, but let's say there's one out of alignment with you focusing on you in whatever way that is that affects your biofield or aura and kind of makes it a, a disruption there. And as long as that, and some people call those attachments. Uh, some people call them implants. It's a disruption in your energy field from my terms. Um, and if you don't at some point realize that, that something's going on and then use your, your metaphysical tools, whatever you have at the time to, to take care of it, it can manifest physically. Um, which is something that's happened to me as well, uh, which a stomach issue, let's say. So if all of a sudden I'm feeling a stomach problem or I'm having issues there, and this is something that's not uncommon to a lot of us, uh, you can usually tie it back. So you're not typically going to be able to look down and go, whoa, there's some big crazy entity attached to my belly and causing this issue. No, it's it's usually, a, an, again, an energy thing. And even that's kind of frustrating because it's such such a big word. Um but that's one of our, our energy centers that are are easily affected, um, not just your, but your throat as well. So your throat chakra, your your midsection. I mean, you can loosely think where your chakras are. Um, we'll just talk with the, the ones they, they tell you about. Um, but that's where the, the weaknesses can happen. So then you don't have to know if it's entity one, two, and three, or if, it's, if you uh, stepped into this frequency while you were at the store or whatever. Our jobs are just to realize there's something going on and it's not just physical because nothing is just physical. That's 10% of reality. 90% is metaphysical, frequency, the woo-woo, um, <clears throat> energies. And you're never disconnected. It's always all of that. So then in the physical, we got to realize that, that there's something going on. And again, you don't have to know what it was, but then you do your woo-woo stuff as far as your imagination and emotions. And I go through my armor process. So I'll, again, put myself in that buckyball container, imagine it full of just love, um, and then imagine yourself and get excited that you already are healed, not having a, remember ED there, no ING. You're not having, in this description, a tummy problem or whatever the issue is. I'm trying to be vague so everybody can apply it to themselves. Um, I don't care if it's headaches, you're having migraines for some reason. It's not just a physical thing. No matter if your doctor says, well, it's because of this, that, and the other. Fine. There's there's some truth to that, of course, the physical truth, but the metaphysical truth is the bigger percentage by far of your reality, and you can affect that, um, and you can directly, of, of course, affect physical with with the metaphysical. And we just need to realize that. So um, then again, see yourself already perfect. You, if you want to imagine removing something down there, good. That's you putting some of your energies or focus on the metaphysical, saying I don't want whatever's this crap that's not good for me and whatever that is starts to go away. Um, but yeah, it can be tied to entities focusing on you. Um, and I don't know the whole story behind why these entities do that. A lot of them just like the, the frequency or energy that being disruptive to us generates. 
And so I've heard of terms, well, they eat that energy and blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know about eating it, but, I mean, they do use that energy. Um, it helps them because if we get heightened, let's say we get pissed off. We tune so many frequencies in the physical that that makes space for others to manipulate or do stuff with it. And then sometimes those get talk, called attachments. Um, it's like, so if we're really mad or heightened energetically, you're covering or you're broadcasting on more frequency ranges than you normally are. So you're going to affect others. They're going to pick up on you, things like that. And I'm saying mad and angry because when you broadcast that energy or frequency, guess you're going to tune into like-minded individuals or energies. Um, that's how they, at, at those places, get you to tune into the the battles you were talking about earlier, Nancy, in the first half. Because um, you're going in there thinking about it. You're expecting it. That's how you tune it in. Um, but you can do just the opposite, too. So all of a sudden you think, well, I, I went in this, this haunted house and I got this attachment and blah, blah, blah. Well, then you got it energetically you, because it's not physically in your pocket. Well, then you got to use your imagination and emotions and get rid of it. And there's no concrete or set way to do that either, by the way, because there's so many belief systems or understandings and clubs on this planet uh, that will tell you how to affect energies. Well, something to most of them, if not all of them, to one degree or another. So use whatever ingredients you have, um, but just think positive because if you're trying to remove negative with negative, doesn't usually work too well. You usually heighten that same frequency. So let's say I get an attachment, an entity attachment, and there's some bad guy, ghost or goblin. I'm just going to make fun of this. Ghost or goblin around me, hanging on to me, mucking with me, causing things to go awry, resetting myself, or whatever. Well, I will turn around and get in some big etheric battle with him and get angrier. Uh, and if I do, it's because I'm angry in the 3D at the physical thing going wrong. Well, then I need to slow the heck down and wake up and see that there's more to it and then do my armoring process so generate and that's easier said than done especially for me do that frequency your energy and then it removes whatever's out of alignment with you um, but we just got to remember to do our etheric hygiene and that's one way of terming all that stuff if if something's off in your reality i don't care if it's the thoughts in your head or the feelings around you or the subtle energies you pick up on Put yourself in that space of love, energy, and that's remember imagination. And you can imagine pulling butterflies out of your pocket, invisible ones. Well, that alone, just by you having the in intention, affects your frequency. So there's lots of ways of doing it. I don't know if you have any questions on any of that, Nancy. Well, um, yeah, there's a lot of ways of doing it, and you 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 have to. Well, because this is my show, I'm going to tell you what mine is. <laughs> mine is basically I have no contract with it. You know, that's that's the primary way that I look at these things, is that, that if I realize I'm I'm off somehow, um, I'll, I'll analyze why I think I'm off. Is it, you know, this, that, or the other thing? But basically, to break that cycle, I, I just break, the, I don't have any contract with this. This is not something I want to do. And for me, that works in most cases. I mean, sometimes there's other things happening that you're not aware of, but you you break the contract. No, I don't have any contract with this entity mucking with me. And you, that's all you have to do is just... Because th there does seem to be a rule of contract in the universe. And maybe we should talk about that. You know, what is this concept that we come into this life as a spiritual being in a in a body and we go through all of these different I mean I can look at it from the standpoint of how I've seen people go through 
life stumbling and bumbling and not going anywhere very fast. They turn around, they they walk in circle, you know, that type of of a person. And then you got the people that, you know, if if they have luck, it's bad luck. And then you got people like me where I, I just have been, you know, walking this path of least resistance, following the breadcrumbs of, well, that's interesting. Let me see where that's going. Oh, that's interesting. And following a path, knowing I had a path to follow, even though I didn't even know where the destination was. And so when we're looking at the way we're, we're, we're manifesting through life, what what do you think is it in in play there? Is it just your higher self with a pre-programmed thing where you don't really have any control over it, or is it a, let's say, a situational game where they say you might want you know dang, <clears throat> somebody I think it was Dolly that said something about dangling, uh, sparkly things sort of show up and you you know you, you're on the internet at, on this one page and all of a sudden. You're in a totally different subject that you were in. You're going like, how did I get here? You kept following links. You know, but to reverse it and go back to where you were, sometimes it's like, I don't even know where I started. So what's your opinion? Is it all of the above? Or is there some way that people can get a handle on, you know, especially, I don't think you'd be listening to this if, if you only had bad luck. I think you've already been brought here to this radio station because you are following your path. Yes, we're a small radio station, but we're very, very influential in that we're talking to the same type of people, the people that are awake and aware, and it, or searching for being awake and aware. You want to comment? I'll just leave it open. Well, I, mean, I think it's all the above, like you were saying, too. It depends on each person's awareness. So, you know, how much are you aware of is, is what makes the difference there um, and what you can affect. So it's, I mean, I, I didn't have anything specific to add in, but as your understandings expand, um, so can your awareness. Um, so the more you use your, again, think about things that are happening the, the more and then and the, you realize that they do cross over from physical to metaphysical and that they're all connected well then you can affect that more so as well I'm not sure if that makes sense um, you know some, another way to put it the more deep in the woo woo you get the more you affect it yeah it's 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 it these concepts are kind of difficult to bring into focus by words you know, I mean, the best the best things we have is examples. Well, then this happened and that happened. Um, but but it's important for people to to think in terms of imagination. It's like I can't tell you that I know. I'll tell you as I was going through life, I would get to a point and I'd go, oh oh, I got it. I see how everything works, and within a fraction of a moment. <laughs> Of that awareness, and I learned, you know, doing this quite a number of times, that when you get to that awareness, oh, it's 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 an aha moment. Now, the aha moment, and this is this gets into a little bit of, uh, let's say, woo-woo science, because there is um, 
a Nobel Prize winner, Sir, oh, what's his name? Sir Penrose, Penrose, something like that. Roger, first name. And then there's this other guy who was an anesthesiologist, and his name is uh, Hammer, Hammer something. I'll, I'll try to get their names down. You can, I mean, as soon as you start typing into Google, you're going to probably come up with a search on it. But these guys got together because one was a quantum physicist and the other was somebody who would, as his job, kill people. And he, he, that's the way he put it, you know. He says, I take people and I essentially put them into a state of death. That's what anesthesia does. You, you, you get them on the brink of death, okay. He said, but then when <clears throat> the drug is out of their system, they're absolutely fully aware and conscious and have their memory. Everything is there. And he's going like, if I've got the body almost in a state of, virtually some things in a state of death by death, death's definition, how is it this consciousness continues? And so he gets talking with Primrose, or whatever his name is, and they draw up this amazing scientific analysis of the aha moment and what it comes down to and I'm going to give you my take on what it's, they say but when, when you get to an aha moment when you go like oh yeah oh I see it now I know exactly what it's all about okay that's an aha moment well <clears throat> they did studies and they found that when what they did was they actually um, put uh, uh electronic readers like you know electrodes on people and we're reading them as they put them through some exercises or in the case of they did it with some llamas and they just put them on it for the day and then recorded what happened um, there is a frequency change in the brain measurable when you get a uh, you know two and two is four oh two and two is four and it's an aha moment that aha moment spikes your little old brain into a different frequency. So they were able to to record these aha frequencies. And they found in a llama during a day, there was like 80 a day. You know, they continually were having these, ah, putting out this frequency. Whereas your average person was like, you know, maybe one a day, two a day. It was very, it was minuscule. But they're looking for a frequency change, so it's something that's measurable. So they took that information and, and other information, and they realized that consciousness is well. This is this is where the quantum physics comes into it. Uh, in your mitochondria, the structure of your cells, the thing that holds it together, like the superstructure of it, the infrastructure of it, you have an energy field that if measured would be read as a quantum field I mean they, they can do this now and I, trust me I don't understand all the science I'm just telling you what they said so you have the, the w within the cells themselves self you have a little quantum field and that's where consciousness is held and it's not like every single thing that you do in your life you may 
have in that consciousness it's the aha moments it's that frequency that frequency is recorded in this quantum field area so they come out with this uh you know very strange concept of consciousness that also come well there's another aspect of it but let's just stay on this and and they went out and they published it and everything and like i say this uh guy was a nobel prize winner he was sir you know he was somebody very very important so he publishes it and the mainstream science people went absolutely nuts and called them both crazy and but primrose said uh, in the papers and stuff he said you're going to get to a point where you can measure quantum fields at that level. They hadn't gotten there yet. He said, and when you do, you're going to find it exactly where I'm telling you. And so it took a decade before they had the science, but by God, they did prove it, that we have these little quantum spaces inside of our the very cells that create us. And those cells are maintaining the consciousness of, what you experience okay and he believes they believed that when you're put into a state of 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 death that all of that information being stored is actually accessible or contained in a energy field that is yours and yours alone because with every one of these signals it's yours and yours alone it's within a frequency range but it's unique to you and so all of this information congeals into an energy field that is no they didn't get into it but i'll get into it here that energy field is like a a a, a an area of your computer your higher self computer, your soul, whatever that that higher energy field is. So when, and I, and this is something that when you play around with this, you can kind of see. It's almost like if we were a PC. This is like the the network, okay? Your higher self is like the network with all of these areas of experience and knowledge and aha moments contained. And you, as the individual who is just the computer, all of a sudden realizes you've got access to this network that has all this information in it. So you begin to look at the files. And that's what the awakening is, is realizing that we're like a PC, like a computer. But that computer is tied to the enormity of your own consciousness, your own experiences, not only in this world or this dimension, but probably everywhere in every you know way. It's all there. It's yours for that. Just asking for it. So, if if you if you understand that you know you just have to access it, then you've got to give yourself a mechanism. Let's say. To be able to access it, you have to have that computer. You'd be able to get it on the screen to work with it. And that is your imagination. That's your imagination. If you can imagine it, it can happen. If no one can imagine it, it cannot happen.
you have to have thought behind everything. So, I don't know how I got into that, Derek. I'm just probably babbling. But <laughs> you want to right. you want to comment on it? No, I was just listening in as well. I mean, what I I'll be blunt as well as I usually am. So I'll just say early on in life. I called BS and all this kind of stuff that I would hear. Um, and I'm like, oh, sure. You know, I was just 3D as anybody else. Um, and then so really just having the realization or the epiphany or aha moment that, you know, some of the stuff is real, that turns it up. So don't ever limit yourself thinking because um, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'm going to make up these terms here and I've used it before. But let's say I was psychic level one beforehand. Well, once I realized that there was a psychic level two or three, and again, there's not, it's not a thing, but I need to discuss it somehow. That's how I became more in tuned or, um, you know, adept by just having those realizations. It wasn't because I did it so many times or guessed this many songs on the radio or whatever. Um, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was me just having the waking up my thoughts in my head I didn't climb a magic mountaintop and, and become a vegetarian doing that. Um, that boosted me. The, yes, some of those things like vegetarian, they helped me. I am a vegetarian, but that's not what did it. Um, so in full disclosure, it was what really did it was me in my head opening up and expanding my thoughts and reality. Just realizing, well, that is real. It is what it is and, and not limiting it, not going into fear. So if I was... Let's say going through the house at, at night and I, I felt, you know, somebody around or heard a, a cabinet door open or this, that, and the other. Um, I don't, I re realized in the moment not to go into instant fear because that affects my frequency and that like attracts like. So there's lots of ways to go at it. Um, but my point was that you're, you're never limited. You can always expand because some people have said, well, you know, I'm, I can't be as psychic as Derek or psychic, whoever out there, and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you can. And you don't have to be anyway, just so you know, because it's not something that has to be accomplished or checked off the list before you pass to do this out of the other. No, just be open to stuff is what I'm saying. Then you'll you'll piece your own reality together. You can put, I'll put it another way, puzzles, a puzzle, you know, say a thousand piece puzzle in front of you on a table, don't have to be put together in a certain way for the puzzle picture to become complete. You can take parts and pieces, um, and maybe start a section over here uh, of a puzzle. They get three pieces to connect, but you don't know where the heck they go from. Just that's life. It will connect eventually. Those aha moments or epiphanies are the puzzle pieces that connect the other things that you have realized already in this life. So always stay open to that. And I don't care if you're nine or ninety-nine. You can always realize you already had that missing puzzle piece. It wasn't missing. You just it was maybe upside down or shoved in the wrong spot. You kind of forced to fit there. So this puzzle analogy, you know, well, this one kind of fits, but it's weird that I have to shove it in there. But, you know, it maybe is a manufacturer default. No, don't force things. The puzzle will fit right, but be open to taking that misput puzzle piece out and putting it where it belongs. So, and I don't care if it's been there since you were first starting the puzzle. Be willing to take it out and turn that piece around so it fits better. And then your expanding will expand just your expand your understanding will expand and the puzzle and then you'll go oh well that big section connects to this now you can see 
what you're actually building. So it's kind of a thing like that. And I hope that puzzle analogy, I confused myself, but gave you some insight onto it. Um, always be willing to change. Again, with that puzzle piece that feels a little bit forced or misput, well, maybe the sucker's upside down even, and you didn't even know it kind of thing. Because um, we can force pieces of our reality or understandings into certain segments, and that throws off everything else. Then we'll go through life going, well, I have no idea what the heck's going on because of, I believe this, that, and the other. Well, yeah, you got some thoughts or um, understandings, you know, you need to look at it again. Relook at each puzzle piece and, again, be willing. Don't be so vested in the puzzle that you don't take it up, throw it back in the box, shake it up, and dump it out again. Why not? That's half the fun because then you're going to be quicker and you're going to realize, well, I'm not going to do that mistake again. That piece doesn't go there. Um, and then go at life that way, I'd suggest. I don't know if you have any comments on that or if that made any sense at all, Max. You never know with my analogies. No, 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 no. But I, I'm I'm playing with uh, where to go next because I'm being kind of nudged to ask you um, about your experiences in being in Germany and what you felt about specifically the Nazis. Uh, the SS, the inner core, the group of crazies that, you know, were there. Because we talk about, you know, these act, basically, enterology is a science. And in Nazi Germany, they took a lot of what we know, maybe more, maybe less, and used it for their own, what I have to, to say is evil reasons so this in, this power that can be accessed can be accessed by good people and by not such good people bad players and you got an opportunity to be able to immerse yourself even before you really accessed the powers that you have now um, and that's in quotes powers um, but can you will you share with us what you were feeling when you were there you know Whatever you want to share. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, and it wasn't, I didn't, when I was there, I wasn't into all of that. So I didn't, I wasn't, um, well, I didn't know it was too much of that story to get into. I didn't know I was going anyway. This was supposed to be, so we're talking about Germany. Um, I was a soldier. I was gifted or awarded for various reasons. Um, these vacations, as they were called. Um, so I would go to Birches Gardens, Germany, and there's a hotel there that was darn near a massive hotel. And I don't remember the name of it, um, where we would stay. And it was basically empty. It was supposed to be a place where they gift various soldiers, um, you know, vacations here, there, and wherever. And for some reason, I got one every several months. I don't remember the exact time frame. And we'd be taken there. And, and then all of a sudden, I'd have a colonel, so it'd be called a full bird colonel. Um, they would show up as our tour guide and and then taken down certain staircases into underground tunnels and a hospital that was down there to even the, um, what's called the Eagle's Nest. And I had no idea that why Birch's Gardens was so, you know, it just wasn't my thing. I was in my early twenties. Um, I just had no realization of all that. And I found myself there. So then I'd be toured into these places and just kind of watch and see what I came up with. Um, and I didn't, cause again, going to kind of, so it's like putting a meal in front of me from another country where I have no idea what the ingredients are, what's going on. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm here to just experience. And, I, and it, so that's what we did. 
And one of them was under that. I wish I knew the name. I don't know how to figure it out. There's a large hotel down there. Um, and we'd go, there was a staircase that went down to a big steel door. And that was about all you could really see from the top. Actually, you couldn't even see that. Something else had to be opened. And then basically through that door, the staircase would continue. And then it opened up into just some underground. They described it was set up as, or was left still, because it was supposed to be untouched as an underground hospital. And there was a little tiny, I'd say it was like a mine railway station down there. Um, so a little mine cart, small. There was a little tiny train um, moving between these chambers, rooms. And so long story short, we'd go through these different areas and um, and just picked up on stuff. Not too different from going to even someplace here in the U.S. If you go to an old um, you know, battleground or, or fortitude or something like that, they're peppered through the U.S. I don't know about the underground part of them. So, um, but no, I mean, the thing when, when I'd go there, it was like a blend of time or realities, I guess, Nancy, where you would feel physically and just tingling around you. You could tell there's more going on. I'm not sure how to describe that. It'd be like in the early morning, if you were out in the forest, and I used to do that a lot, you could just, it was palpable. You could feel the energy. It was just thicker, denser. I don't know how to explain it more going on there so more overlay of frequencies would be what i'd call it now um more stuff to use so when i go down there that's on these tours it's there was that and then all of a sudden because i wasn't you know doing the psychic thing or remote perceiving thing as a as a job or anything like that it wasn't i was just going at it naturally so not giving it much thought not i wasn't performing that's for sure because it just wasn't my wasn't me um so i pick up on stuff and then you see little quick videos uh, well, I say video, so I don't know. Think a, a hazy overlay, not always hazy, overlay of, of reality. So like another TV station. So let's say I'm in a TV show. All of a sudden, another TV show in the same space would start playing. Um, and that's what happens now when I remote perceive. So if I remote, and I say remote perceive because I don't just remote view. Um, if I remote perceive someone and I say they're in a different location, some of those entities present pick up on me. And they'll turn straight look at me, and others I could see didn't. So I didn't really know if I was looking like a ghost to them, sort of like what we call ghosts or not. Um, but a lot of them, often, I always thought I was invisible. I thought, ah, I'm just going there in spirit form. Nobody's going to pick up on me. Well, that isn't the case. Because just like, you know, good luck on some whatever type of entity coming around me, focusing without me feeling it, it's going to happen. Now, it depends on how much focus I give um, or if I'm just – doing too much in physical reality. I'm like, you know, just kind of brush it off. And we all tend to do that or not. Um, but no, it's a, again, push or pull on both ways. So I picked up on a lot of different things down there. And usually it was just scenarios. It'd be like a movie playing around me as if you're in like virtual reality um, and just typical stuff. There wasn't, it was, it, I think it was a hospital um, and supplies and this, that, and the other. Um, the Eagle's Nest one, I almost have no memory of that, Nancy, and I've never really looked back at it, to be honest. Sometimes the Eagle's Nest is his actual hideout, Hitler's, up on top of a, a hill there in Birch's Gardens, Germany. Um, I'm trying to do it right now, literally, and I'm like being kept a couple blocks away, so I don't even know what to tell you in that one. But I'm getting no visuals whatsoever. And just now when I was talking and telling you guys a story, I could bring up completely that hotel I was in, underground. I can look at the, the banisters I'm walking down and I all right now while well, I'm doing it, I'm just picking and choosing what to describe. But when I literally just tried to do it on the other one, 
it's just it's my ears are buzzing i'll put it that way and i have no visuals so i don't know okay 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 look look at the uh from where you're standing look at the energy that you're looking at don't look at the buildings look at the energy field do you see an energy field oh yeah there's a pocket around that whole area there's like it's in its own bubble it's like they're trying to keep a lot of it out of phase with us so maybe keep us you know woo-woos from remote viewing in because a lot of us now that's why i babble about it i'm like there's no time go back in time you can do that and then and that's <laughs> kind of irking some people out there too because we're becoming too aware um so yeah they're they're free, they're putting it out of phase i'm being told it's out of phase i don't know what out of phase means but i think like jumping oh there was some radio station used to that they would jump frequencies all the time so you couldn't like grasp onto it um oh i don't remember it's, it's my old microsoft days but there's some kind of software we'd use where just and in fact nancy even the military who i don't know how much i can say about this I doubt much of that's classified anymore, but the radio stations would, channels would jump. You would be jumping frequencies and you'd have to be in sync with a certain device. It'll be really big. They would have to be reset every day so that all our radios would chat because they're not just on a channel. They're jumping at a certain rate to certain frequencies. Um, they're hopping. And that's that's how you can keep your communication secret from other um, you know, people you're against. Well, they're doing that now with, and I didn't know it, with uh, locations and stuff. So there, it's, it's a little thick bubble around it. So when you asked me, yeah, there was like a, a container, an energetic container around it, and the container is changing frequencies or jumping channels. Okay, do you, do you see a connection? It, 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 is it self-contained or is it connected to something on Gaia or is it connected to another dimension or another, let's say, area of space? Yeah, it's another density. You could call it dimension, but it's another frequency. That's how some of them do the invisible thing. You're just out of phase. You're, you can heighten your aura or biofield so fast, just like a fan on your desk. Turn it on. If it's on low, you get to see the blades spinning around. You're in phase. You can perceive it physically. Turn that sucker on high, the fan turns invisible. You don't see the individual blades. You at best see a blur. Same thing with this, and that's just changing your energy field around you. You can go invisible. You can walk through rooms. I've had to do that mystical wares. Where I just sit there and imagine, literally imagine yourself invisible. Nobody sees you. And then all, you're changing your biofield or aura. And then it depends on the person you're around. But they're going to all of a sudden look the other way or just not pick up on you or, you know, whatever the description is. But no, you can affect your reality. And they're doing it now, apparently. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering um, how many of these little sites are around the world. Oh, they can't change... The, I'll just add, the energies of the site itself, especially the one I'm talking about. So what they did was put a covering over it. And that's, so you're not going to walk up. And like right now I get down, I can see the streets. Uh, I bet they've all changed now, by the way, all the little, well, actually probably not in Germany. Stuff doesn't change. So the little market I went to in Birch's Gardens, and when I was walking to get in route to where I go up there, I can still see all those little streets. I can go through, I can see a fountain right now I just saw there. Um, but it starts to get hazy when I get to a certain block or area around it. So that shows me that they're affecting, I don't know, just... Well, well, the, yeah, well because the, you could have these things all over the place, and if you can't see them, you can't see them. You can do it yourself. People should be doing this themselves if they want to not be picked up on, if they want to drive from A to B. I'm not saying these are negative, 
They're just aware that they can affect the frequencies using etheric containers like the Buckyball or Fullerene Shungites and other ones, or Merkaba. There's other ones. Um, Akahedron's a good one. You can use those imaginary energy containers, put what you're thinking of inside of it, and affect it one way or another. Um, and that's what they're doing. And then they're just regenerating that. So the, the bubble around it, I don't know how to tell you that. Interesting. So when just be aware of these these things. I mean, I'm sure it has to do with the grid. And there's another thing that we might want to just look at quickly, and that's the uh, interior of the Earth, because there's a theory out there that feels really kind of right that at one time the Earth, the center, was liquid, but now it's a crystal. Do you see a crystal at the heart of Gaia? Um. Well, I don't, when you say, excuse me, crystal, you mean like physical? Like a physical faceted crystal. Okay. And that, that in the facets, where, where the facets are focusing on the surface, that's where you get the ley lines in the grid system. Okay, well, I'll put it this way. When I look at it, it's physical and metaphysical all in one, and it's malleable. So it... It's in flux. It's like a chakra. I guess I'd describe it like that. It looks like a chakra. When I look at a chakra, um, it's a moving thing. It's, it's. I, I don't want to say pulsating, but it's, it's. I don't know, moving. I don't have a better term. Oh, yeah, it's spinning. Yeah, okay, well, it is. And But it also goes in and out. It just does all kinds of things. So that's what I see when I perceive the very center. And it's ringing both my ears right now when I do that, um, just when I'm picking up on it. So it's, it's a moving, active thing. It's a living thing. They're saying living thing. So, I don't know. So, it's, it's living is what I can say. So, Earth, I would, if I zoomed out without any 3D storyline over it, I'd say the Earth was a heart chakra. So, something like that. And then you can go out from there on other ones. So, there's, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of interesting, actually. Heart of God. So, we all, we all affect. Okay, so, I'm, my but, assumption is, is that this is the source of the Schumann resonance. We're all affected. Yeah, somebody's trying to chit chat with me right now, and I'm trying to say, I'm like, and they say, we're all part of it, we're all affecting it, and they tell me, don't lose focus. I'm like, so I'm trying to do the whole, you know, the woo woo thing right now on the podcast, and it's kind of hard to do because it's distracting. Um, it's a, a calm, low voice, I'll tell you that, if that matters. Yeah, saying we all have, basically, comments are coming in like, we all have an effect, we're all part of it, and you know, the typical stuff you think you'd hear. And I'm not trying to be rude or belittling, I'm just saying, it's what you would all imagine you'd connect on. Um, and, and don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. So, yeah. So what I would say is uh, the more of us thinking positive thoughts, uh, I'll use my singing analogy, or singing love songs up here on the surface, the more effect it's going to have on that to where it can affect others. And I'm sure that's termed better by somebody much more articulate than myself. Um, but remember, I go into this with no background, and I don't, have a certain spiel to give you on it. Well, it's basic. It's basic enterology because each and every one of us is like an antenna we receive and we send. So if if we are and every time this crystal, you know, it's it's rotating, and so we're in a continual change of energies. Now, maybe prior to this, it was turning slower. Maybe the output wasn't as great because I think it's more an output it wasn't as great is because 
we became as a planetary energy bodies much more aware and awake I mean let's say it you were there in Germany you really didn't see you didn't perceive what you're perceiving now but now you have had an advancement in your own understanding of everything so you're different you can see things differently so if we if we if we get this crystal and it's like you say a heart chakra thing you know then what happens to me energy from a standpoint of the science is that we're feeling the Schumann rest I believe it's Schumann resonance and we're we're feeling it okay so our energy field takes it in and has no option except to change our vibration now because our vibration is now changed it affects the crystal because it's a reciprocal type of thing that happens and so from this and I'm looking at it from the standpoint of why are we why do I keep focusing on we've got to get our minds into this we've got to think in terms of the bigger picture of how powerful we really are to be able to make the changes that we need to to do as quickly as we can and I think that this is a very important concept in that not because when you think in ter- when I say you know put those put positive thoughts out well now you've got a pathway of thinking about something to focus on you know become a beacon of that energy and let that energy vibrate with the crystal in the planet that the planet itself can begin to become more perfect does that make sense yeah we all have an effect on reality so your focus matters whatever you think about yeah and they know that that's why we have these dramas going on in, in our reality here occasionally to get everybody all worked up and anxious and sitting around and stress, anxiety, and depression. Okay, everybody's singing a certain song. Well, that frequency or song is going to keep replaying. So you got to just break out of it. And they Make sh- your own reality. And they sure are working hard at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But, uh, okay, we still got like six minutes here. Is there something that you may have done other than what we've talked about? <laughs> I don't know. I think is most of my stuff's been revolved around what we've already been chatting about, Bigfoot's Den, because that's where all my focus is. Not that we've stopped the the metaphysical affairs over at Mystical Wares or anything like that. Those are all happening. Um, there's always new stuff. Um, you know, either pendants or whatever on Mystical Wares uh, website as well available. And I don't know if anybody's seen the upgraded, because you never know who's listening or listening to this in replays, the upgraded Shungite Beehives webpage I've, I've worked on here in the last few months. So there's a lot more information on there. We've honed the website a lot, so graphics have been updated, but there's a lot of information. And then the studies as well, because I can look at the, it's called analytics behind the scenes on the website. So there's a lot of people going to our Shungite science or studies page to where now it's 60 or 70 something Shungite studies that I've uploaded. And only the ones that pertain to the way we use Shungite. So it's far from all the studies. Um, there's probably 10 times that out there that I've come across. And, and or I get the ones that are just, we can comprehend um, because there's some of them just so full of scientific, you know, garble is I can barely even pronounce some of these words because they're like 25 letters long. 
So I got to keep it to where we can actually understand it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there on that. So we've been updating that website too. I don't know if you've been there since we last did a podcast on it, Nancy, or not. No, I have not. But you know, <clears throat> bringing it back to the to the question that we sort of started out with was, you know, what's happening to the old timers in that they seem to have, you know, are off message that they're not going with the new message, which is this is spiritual war. Um, you, there's two things that you hear out there in alternative uh, various broadcasting is that um, is, there's a lot of Christianity in it. A lot of people are just turning to Jesus and, and Christianity. And I find that to be interesting. I mean, the vast majority of people are Christian. But um, you have that tendency to be within it. But you also have the tendency of really new information and information that is very inspiring on all sorts of levels. But then you have the old people out there that are doing their thing, and yet the the messaging is is, is slightly off. Um, I can't tell you in details of it, but when I was talking about this on an earlier show, I found myself saying, but... I said, I did, I'm not going to tell you who I think is, is having this problem, but I will tell you that David Icke is not having the problem. I don't even listen to David Icke. And I thought, okay, all right. And then the, the, the conversation got away from me. But then I remembered after the fact that when I first started up the Shanghai website, I mean, in the first 500 pendants that I that I wrapped and I wrapped over 5,000 Ike bought one of them <laughs> ordered one of them and yes he's on the aisle of something or other and off that, I mean it absolutely was him and I found out that he was retiring from going around and doing his thing because his hands were so crippled They were very, I mean you could see it in the videos they were, they were crippled and he, so he was retiring and he gets the, the Shungite, and of course, when I realized it was him, I sent him everything I had. And I never heard anything back from him, but within months of that, he was back out on the circuit doing his thing. He's been there since then. And, you know, I, I ha I, when I realized that there was a Shungite connection to Ike, and even though I don't listen to him, I know he's still on track, I found interesting. So I'm just throwing that out there, that... Uh, Maybe I'll go listen to David Icke. I haven't heard that name in I don't know how long now, because I don't listen to any podcasts, really. So I hadn't even thought about that. I know, I know. He's somebody I don't think about, but, you know, every once in a while he comes up. And I just have good feelings from for, from, for him. And I, it was weird, because when I first met or, you know, came across him, I, I, I didn't have that kind of, like, you know, I did buy his books, a couple of them. Very hard to read. He never takes a paragraph break. <laughs> uh -oh. Anyway, so we're at the end of the show here. Would you like to say adios and parting words? Yeah, no, I appreciate everybody being here. Hopefully next week we have uh, some of the other hosts with us to, to bring in other, you know, parts and pieces for us. But, yeah, no, thank you for being here. I had a good time. You have been listening to the Shungite Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. Be safe.